0: Once there was a time when all the elements of earth, sea, and sky lived on the land together in many, many villages.
1: Many years ago, back in the old country, there lived a holy, sweet
2: couple who loved each other so very much. A long time ago, in a village, somewhere in Tamil Nadu, they lived a monkey. There was once. A
1: man, tall and handsome, who met a a woman, beautiful and elegant, and they fell in love with each other.
2: Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. I'm going to get right to the point. I think chickens are great. They are so fluffy, and their faces look perpetually startled. They make adorable noises, and they are related to the dinosaurs. Roosters have their place in folklore and folk tales. In many places, the crowing of a rooster is said to dispel evil. However, a cock-a-doodle-doo indicates there could be witches in the area. It said some stories that when the Christ child was born, the rooster on the roof of the stable crowed to announce the birth to the other animals. But beware, when a rooster crows at night, there will be bad luck the next day. If you hear a rooster outside your front door, a stranger will arrive before nightfall. This week, we are going to have stories with roosters. Now, a rooster announces the beginning of our first story of a very patient husband, And this is told by Kate Lutz, a storyteller from Colorado. This is The Rooster Crowed.
1: The Rooster Crowed. The old woman got up and went down the steps. She made two cups of coffee and two bowls of cereal. She put these on the table and called to her husband. He came down the steps and sat down and had just started to take one sip of his coffee when she sat down right next to him and looked out the window in front of their table. Before he'd finished his second sip of coffee, she said, oh, husband, oh husband, oh, oh, I can't believe it, oh, husband, look at that woman's house! It is so dirty. there's mud splattered everywhere. Oh, husband, why can't she keep her house as clean as I've always kept ours now, the husband." loved his wife, so he just sighed and listened to her. The next morning, the rooster crowed. The old woman got up and she made two cups of coffee and two bowls of cereal. She put these on the table and called to her husband. He came down the steps just a little bit slower and sat down and started to have that first sip of coffee when She sat next to him and looked out the window and began, Oh, husband, oh, husband, oh, look at that woman's laundry. Why, it's covered with spider webs. Oh, why can't she keep her laundry as clean as I've always kept ours? Only the husband. He didn't quite hear that last line because... He'd taken his coffee and cereal, and he was out on the front porch. The third morning, well, by now you know the routine, the rooster crows. The old woman gets up and makes two cups of coffee and two bowls of cereal. She puts these on the table and calls to her husband. Only it's the oddest sight. When he comes down the steps, why... He's got a scarf tied under his chin, up over his ears, and the ends are sticking up like rabbit ears. And over each ear, he's got a balled-up sock, and he sits down to drink his coffee. And the old woman looks out the window and says, Ah! Oh, husband! Look at her children! Oh, I can't believe this! Her children's cheeks are covered with... "'Bird poop! Oh! Why can't she keep her children as clean as I've always kept ours?' And the poor husband, even with those socks over his ears, he could hear her. "'Now it's the fourth morning, and the rooster crows, "'and the old woman gets up and makes two cups of coffee and two bowls of cereal.' She calls to her husband, and you might wonder why he even bothers coming down to the table. But in fact, this morning, he's got a jauntiness to his step. And he comes down and sits down with a bright smile on his face and begins drinking his coffee. The old woman, she sits down right next to him and looks out the window and begins, Oh, how <gasps> Why, it's a miracle I can't believe it Look at her house It's freshly whitewashed And her laundry, it's just shining in the sun On her children's cheeks They're all red and rosy and clean Ah, oh, my prayers have been answered She has seen the error of her ways and the old man, well, he just smiles at his wife and says, Old woman, last night when you went to bed, I went outside and I washed our window. That story was given to me as a gift from another storyteller, Bobby Avstry. He collected it when he was traveling in India. And I just love the image of that window, and it's so easy for me to think about my own attitudes and how many times I've looked out my own dirty window thinking it was somebody else's fault.
2: Due to an uptick in reports and stories, we've been asked to read the following public service announcement. When a loved one is under transformative enchantment, please ask before burning the animal skin they may have shed for the evening. Many times burning the skin will require much longer questing to be reunited with your true love. You might even have to travel many miles and defeat ogres. If you wait for the whole story, you will save time that you might otherwise spend fighting or walking. You can take up an instrument or get around to fixing the leaky roof or spend time with your friends at the tavern. Please remember, ask first, Burn later and celebrate your good fortune. Chickens, if raised correctly, can be very tame pets. They will sit on your lap, wander around the house with bobbing heads and wide open curious eyes. In this next story, we have a rooster as a brave steed. This must have been one large rooster. The last time we heard Ingrid Nelson was in episode 13 when she enlightened us on the witch's perspective about the story of Hansel and Gretel. I am now pleased to have her tell us Hans, my hedgehog. There was once a
0: successful farmer. His crops grew, his animals were productive. At the market, he made a lot of money. But there was one area in which he was not so successful. He and his wife could not have children. And sometimes when he went to the market, the other farmers, perhaps jealous of his success, would taunt him. They would say things like, ha, your pigs, your pigs are more prolific than you are. (laughs) Oh, it burned. And one day, after a stinging harassment, the farmer came home. He was livid and he vowed, I will have a son, even if he's just a hedgehog. Now, a hedgehog is a small animal, kind of like a porcupine, spiny, very cute. But it's not normally what you think of when you think of children. However, soon after the farmer made this declaration, his wife became pregnant. And nine months later, she gave birth to a most unusual child. From the waist up, he was a hedgehog. From the waist down, he was a normal human boy. As the farmer's wife stared at this odd child, she looked at her husband and she said, You, you have wished this upon us. And the farmer said, Well, it's too late now. We will have him christened. He will be called Hans, my hedgehog. Now, Hans was a difficult baby to hold, you know, because of the spines. And to suckle him? Oh, Forget it. And they tried to put clothes on him, but his spines just shredded his shirts. I mean, he could wear pants. In the cradle, his spines would snag on all the blankets. Finally, the parents just threw some straw down on the floor behind the wood stove, and that is where they placed Hans. And that's pretty much where he grew up. He didn't move around a whole lot, he spent a lot of time in a state of torpor. And every now and then the farmer would look behind that stove at his little spiny half-hedgehog son. And he would whisper, I wish that you would die. But Hans did not die. When Hans was eight years old, he began to move around a bit and interact more with his parents. One day the farmer was going to a distant market. He asked his wife if there was anything he could bring her back. And she asked for some fabric and some embroidery thread. And then the farmer asked Hans if there was anything he would like. And Hans said, Hmm, bring me some bagpipes. Well, when the farmer returned from the market, he brought Hans his bagpipes. And Hans began to play those pipes there in the kitchen. And oh, he was good, a child prodigy. He started out with traditional tunes. He experimented a little bit with classical music. <laughs> Dabbled a bit in show tunes. But what he really loved to play were love songs. Well, as he played there in the kitchen, his parents stuck their fingers in their ears and just endured. So one day, Hans said, Father, I know you've never been fond of me, and you certainly don't support my musical career, so I have a proposal for you. If you will give me two pigs and two cows... "'males and females of each, "'and put a bridle and saddle on the rooster. "'I will be out of here. "'You will be rid of me.' "'Now, the farmer didn't know "'you could put a bridle and a saddle on a rooster, "'but he took the rooster down to the smithy, "'and it turns out you can. "'So the day came "'when they all stood in front of the cottage. "'Hans had his bagpipes on his back, "'took the reins of old red, "'put his foot in the stirrup, "'swung his legs up over the rooster,' He said, Goodbye, Dad. He saluted, and he rode out of town, driving his two little pigs and two cows in front of him. Get along, little doggies. And he rode that rooster through the countryside and into the deep, dark forest. He went deep, deep, deep into the forest when at last he turned the pigs loose and the cows loose to multiply, and then he flew up on his little rooster to the branches of a tree, And there he sat playing beautiful music on his bagpipes. And years passed. The pigs and the cows multiplied, and Hans really increased his repertoire. Well, one day, a king and his guard became lost in the forest. They could not find their way back to the kingdom. Well, suddenly the king said, "'Shh, shh, wait. What is that beautiful music?' The card said, "'It seems to be coming from that tree, sire.' The king said, "'Hand me my spotting scope.' And the king looked through that scope at this little half hedgehog boy, man, sitting on a rooster, playing the bagpipes. And as he put the scope down, the soldier said, "'Well, what is it, sire?' And the king said, If I told you, you'd never believe me. But just then, Hans fluttered down on old red, bowed before the king and said, Your majesty, how may I be of service? And the king said, We are lost. Can you show me the way back to my kingdom? And Hans said, I can. And the king said, I will pay you handsomely. And Hans said, No, no. But what I ask is, upon returning to your kingdom, you give me the first thing you encounter. The king said, fine. Hans said, shake on it. And the king said, no, I will put it in writing. And he called for a piece of parchment and a pen. You see, the king sized up Hans and thought, he is illiterate. I can write anything on this parchment. And so the king scribbled out nonsense, signed it with a flourish, rolled it up and gave it to Hans. And Hans pointed him the way out of the forest. Now, as the king and his guard approached his castle, it so happened that his daughter was keeping a watch out for him up in the highest turret. And when she saw the king approaching, she ran down, down, down that spiral staircase and ran out in front of the castle to greet her father. So she was the first thing he saw upon returning. Father, father, she said. The king thought of his promise to Hans. And then he laughed. Ha! Let him prove it. Time passed, and there in the deep, dark forest, the pigs and the cows continued to multiply, and Hans continued to practice. I mean, he was really good, ready to turn pro. And it so happens that one day, another king and his servant became lost in the forest. They could not figure their way back to their kingdom. Suddenly the king said, "'Shh, listen!' The king said, what is that beautiful music? And the servant said, it seems to be coming from that tree, sire. The king looked up and said, oh, it seems to be a little hedgehog boy, man, playing the big pipe, sitting on a rooster up in the tree. How marvelous! And just then, Hans fluttered down on Old Red, and he said, Your Majesty, how may I be of service? The king said, We are lost. And Hans said, I can show you the way back to your kingdom. And in return, I only ask that you give me the first thing that you encounter when you return. The king said, Done, let's shake on it. And they shook hands, and Hans showed him the way out of the forest. As that king approached his castle, His only daughter, his beautiful, lovely daughter, was up in the highest turret, keeping watch for him. And when she saw her father approaching, she ran down, down, down that spiral staircase and out in front of the castle to greet him. Father, father! She was so beautiful. And she was the first thing the king saw upon returning home. He thought of the promise he had made Hans, and he thought... "'A promise is a promise.' "'So he put his arms around his daughter, said, "'Oh, my dear, it is lovely to see you. "'We need to talk.' "'Still, Hans remained in the forest, "'playing beautiful music on his bagpipes, "'allowing his pigs and his cows to multiply, "'until there was a day when there were so many animals. "'I mean, they pretty much overran the forest.' So Hans decided that it was time to have a little cattle swine drive back to the village that he had grown up in. He flew down on Old Red and started to get the animals moving in the right direction. And once he got out of the forest, he sent word ahead that they were to make as much space as possible in all the fields and the barns and the corrals, that he was going to have a massive livestock sale. As the word spread, Hans's father was quite surprised to learn that his son was still alive. All these years he had heard nothing. He thought Hans was dead. He got tears in his eyes. Hans sold the pigs and cows at auction and made a killing. But it was during that time he learned that the tears in his father's eyes were not tears of joy. After the auction, there came that time where Hans was standing out in front of the house that he'd grown up in, his pockets bulging with money. He put his foot in the stirrup and swung his leg up over Old Red. He said, Goodbye, Dad. And he rode out of that village to the kingdom of the first king. Now, the first king had standing orders that should anyone matching Hans's description approach the castle, he should be shot on sight. He even had posters drawn up with Hans's image. So as Hans approached the castle, the head guard pulled out one of those posters and began to analyze the situation. Okay, so um, he's supposed to be half hedgehog, half boy or man, unclear. Check. He's playing the bagpipes. Check. Riding a rooster. Hey, hey, wait a minute. No, it's not him. Not him. You see, here it says he's riding a rooster, but that guy's riding a chicken. Another guard said, well, you know, a rooster is actually a male chicken, and the guard proceeded to point out that Old Red did have actually a very large comb to which the guard said, "'Ah, okay, okay, it's him, all right, ready, aim, fire!' "'And they let fly a volley of arrows. "'But Hans on old Red, his trusty rooster. "'He flew up over those arrows, over the castle wall, "'and through the window right into the throne room. "'And there was the king and his daughter. "'Hans said, King, I have come to claim what you promised me. "'And the king said, Well, I will never give you my daughter.' And Hans said, Daughter? And the daughter said, What? And Hans said, But I have it here in writing. And he produced the scroll. The king said, Ah, what's on there is nonsense. You have no proof. And Hans said, If you do not give me your daughter, as promised, I will kill you both. The king paused. Then he turned to his daughter and he said, You know, honey, you really need to go with this man. The princess began to cry. The king ordered up a fine carriage pulled by six white horses, and he loaded the carriage with all sorts of wonderful things. And then he led his daughter down to the carriage, preparing to say goodbye to her. She had not stopped crying. And at this point, Hans looked at her, and he said, Oh, will you ever stop your sniveling? And then he looked at the king and he said, King, you are a liar and you are a cheat in fact the two of you you disgust me i despise you i reject you both and hans swung his leg up over old red and rode to the castle of the second king now this king had left word with his guards that if anyone matching hans description should approach he should be greeted with open arms. So when the guards saw Hans approaching, they called out, Viva! And they escorted Hans directly to the throne room. And there was the king and his daughter. Now for the princess, up until this moment, she had been preparing herself for the day where she might have to marry a being that was half hedgehog, half man. But you know, I mean, how can you really prepare for something like that? So when she first saw Hans, she shuddered. But then she remembered her father's promise. She took a deep breath, stepped forward, and said, It is so very nice to meet you. They married that afternoon. And after the wedding, they enjoyed the banquet. And then it was time for bed. Alone in their bedchamber, the new bride said, I confess, husband, I am a little afraid of your spines. Hans said, have no fear. I would never hurt you. And Hans told the king to appoint four men. They were to light a great fire. And when Hans was ready for bed, he would take off his hedgehog skin and lay it on the floor. They were to run in, grab the skin, throw it on the fire, and they were to tend that fire until the skin was completely consumed. So at the appointed time, Hans slipped off that skin and slipped into bed. The four men rushed in, grabbed the skin, threw it on the fire. As soon as the last bit of skin drifted up as ash, Hans was free from the spell. The princess flipped back the cover, and there he was in perfect human form, only his skin was like ash. His skin was coal black, as though he were made of charcoal. The young wife asked for a basin of warm water and a cloth and some healing balms, and she began to wash his body and rub in the healing balms and that charcoal tissue became healthy skin and when she was done Hans was a handsome young man he looked at the princess she looked at him and they fell instantly in love that day they had another wedding celebration And afterwards, the king gave the kingdom to his new son-in-law. He was thrilled to see his daughter so happy. Several years passed, and one day Hans said he had an errand to do. He and his wife got in a carriage and rode to the village that he had grown up in. He went to the cottage where he had lived behind the stove for so many years, and he knocked on the door an old man answered his father hans said is there also an old woman here and hans's father said she died what do you want hans said i am your son and the old man said no no my son is dead and hans said no I live. I I will prove it to you. And he called for his bagpipes. And that's when the old man said, Oh, no, no, no. I believe you. I believe you. Hans took his father's hands, looked into his watery eyes and said, Father, I forgive you. And then he helped the old man into the carriage and took him back to the castle. And that is where he lived for the rest of his days. In fact, they all lived happily ever after.
2: Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show notes and more information about the storytellers you heard today can be found at storystorypodcast.com forward slash episode 19. Show the love. Find Kate Lutz and Ingrid Nelson on Facebook, tell them you heard them on the podcast, and now want to hear them tell more stories. In fairy tales, the magic number is three, so I have three things for you to do. One, like and rate the show on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Two, join the mailing list. You will get a link to the podcast delivered to your inbox, plus news and other storytelling-related goodness. Three, consider becoming a supporter. For as little as $4 a month, you would help support the podcast and get a story story short with every episode, which is just what it sounds like, a short story often recorded by the storyteller just for the patrons. The short for this episode is Possum's Tale by Lynn Ford, and she'll take you all the way back to the Great Flood and on to Noah's Ark. You can find out how to support the podcast and join the mailing list at StoryStoryPodcast.com. And a huge thank you to our ongoing supporters. If you would like to stay connected, you can find me and the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. I post a visual for every fairy tale sponsor, so go check it out. Let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. Next podcast, I have stories for you about thieves and the fruit of their labor. I hope you'll join me again, and until then, live happily ever after. The wedding lasted for seven days. I know. I was there.
0: I would cross 27 countries wear out three pairs of boots, battle two giants, and the grandmother of all witches, Baba Yaga, before I was reunited with my frog princess. But that's a story
2: for another time. The last thing he said before he died was a
0: curse on anyone who would dare to go sailing with the fairies.
1: Just because a story is strange... Mistake, it can also be true.